So I want to tell you how the ancient book of Lamentations changed my life, maybe even saved my life during a really dark time. Uh, When my husband Chuck and I were in our mid-20s, we moved from Chicago, where I had just finished my master's degree, to Pasadena, California, with our three-month-old little daughter, in order for Chuck to start seminary. And we believed that we were doing what God wanted us to do. And so we kind of believed, I don't think we would have said this, but we believed it in our heart that since we were doing what God wanted us to do, that our life was going to turn out really good and that God would protect us from all pain and failure. During our second year there, I became pregnant with our second daughter, and toward the end of that pregnancy, I started to develop chronic pain in my neck and upper back that wouldn't go away, and I started to slide into a depression that eventually, when our second daughter was born, developed into a full-blown postpartum depression. And I had no idea what was happening to me. And apparently, not very many of the people around me, including doctors, did either. So if you've never been clinically depressed, you can't imagine what it feels like. I just thought it meant before this time that you were kind of sad, or it feels like maybe like when you're having a bad day. That's not even close. And I can't really describe it to you in words. The best way that I can describe it is that you feel hopeless, and you feel helpless, and you feel lost, and it feels like you've fallen into a deep, dark pit where no one can reach you. The most ordinary tasks felt impossible to me, and my postpartum depression came with a nice little side dish of chronic neck and back pain, so I had that as kind of a bonus. So we had two little babies, not very much money. We lived halfway across the country from our family, and my husband, midway through his seminary experience, decided that church ministry was not for him. And we also were surrounded by a group of friends at the seminary and at our church that we went to in California who believed and kept telling me that if I had enough faith, God would heal me. I was told by people, don't cry so much. Don't weep when you are with us. Don't howl. (laughs) Sometimes I howled. Not a great way to make friends, I'm just telling you. It's not the best party trick. I was told, you need to pray harder. You need to go to church more. Not going to church enough is why you're struggling. I was given a fill-in-the-blank prayer sheet and told, if you fill in your name in this blank and you pray this prayer, these exact words on this sheet, God will heal you. I was told, here's a healing prayer seminar. Come with us and let this man whom you don't know put his hands on your head while you have a sore neck and pray a special prayer over you, and he'll heal you. And I'm not knocking this. I believe God can and does heal people, but sometimes folks like this can hurt hurting people. And they can make us feel as if, as if 
it's our fault if we're not immediately healed. But I was so hopeful. And so I went to this event, and, and all this man did was put his hand on my head and kind of push on me to try to push me over so it would look like I had been overcome by God. And I left with my neck hurting worse because I didn't fall over, and all that man did was push on my head. I was told, here's a special faith healer, and you need to go see him. And I did, and all he did was try to touch me inappropriately. This is the God's honest truth. Depressed people are really vulnerable. Here's a Christian physical therapist, and because he's a Christian, you should trust him. And when I went to see him for my appointment, he said, you know what, I can't treat you right now because I have to go pick out new kitchen cabinets, but my partner who's not fully licensed will treat you. And I prayed about you and your pain, and here's what God told me. God told me that the devil is causing your depression because he doesn't want your husband to go into the ministry. He later sent me a bill for his time, and I never paid him. And I wrote him a letter and told him if he tried to get me to pay, I would accuse him of spiritual abuse. I never heard from him again. I was told God will not be pleased if you decide to take medication for your depression that your doctor prescribes to you. If you do it, it is a sign that you lack faith in God. I took the medication my doctor prescribed for me, and when I was honest with my friends from church about it, I was asked over and over, are you done taking that medication? I was pressured to not take the medication that in the end saved my life. Public service announcement. If your doctor diagnoses you with depression and tells you you need to take medication, take the medication. We don't tell people not to take their heart medication. We don't tell people it's a sin to take their blood pressure medication. We don't tell people that God doesn't want them to take their insulin. Take your medication. I was basically told by the Christian community that I was in, God is not glorified or honored by your depression and sadness. This is all your fault. And if you had more faith, you would become well. To be depressed is one thing, but to be subtly rejected by your faith community was insult upon insult. My husband, bless his heart. Can you imagine? a young wife with two kids. He was scared, sad, stressed, and desperate. I felt alone and ashamed by my pain and my grief, and I thought there was something deeply, spiritually wrong with me, and I felt as if God had abandoned us because of it. And then I found the ancient book of Lamentations. The nation of Israel's howl of agony after their own version of 9-11. And I knew God saw me. And I found my favorite book of the Bible. And it taught me some things that I needed to hear. And so let me share some of those with you this morning. The first thing that the book of Lamentations taught me is that to lament is biblical. 
It's right here in the Bible. And the definition that we're using for, for lament, because I think it's important if we're going to talk about it for five weeks, we have a common definition, is this. Lament is simply a process that brings pain, grief, and loss out into the open and into God's presence. See, too many of us have this weird, pretty anti-biblical narrative that to have strong faith means we're always chirpy and cheery and chatty and pulled together and certain about all things and upbeat. We have this anti-biblical idea that we must never doubt, cry, feel, despair, or rage against God, and this is simply untrue. That the book of Lamentations is in the scriptures at all proves this. So I want to read just a little bit of Lamentations chapter 3, that, that middle chapter. But before we do, before we read that little bit of this together, I want you to remember that this is an ancient book of poetry written by a person trying to explain what it feels like to lose everything to be a nation in ruins. And so this author is using all kinds of imagery and metaphor, and he uses hyperbole a lot. Do you know what hyperbole is? It's, it's saying things in a super exaggerated way to make a point. It's like saying, my stomach is going to rupture, when really you just ate a little bit too much at Pablo's. Okay, it's like saying I was driving yesterday and my entire car fell into a pothole the size of Texas. Really, you're just trying to describe driving down your street. This is hyperbole. So when we read the book of Lamentations, we do not read it as if it were some point-by-point set of theological doctrines. It's not some kind of checklist. We don't read the book of Lamentations literally. We read it accurately, as it was meant to be read, as Middle Eastern poetry. This is what I read back in those dark days. Lamentations chapter 3, starting with verse 1. I am the man who has seen affliction by the rod of the Lord's wrath. He has driven me away and made me walk in darkness rather than light. Indeed, he has turned his hand against me again and again all day long. He has made my skin and my flesh grow old and has broken my bones. He has besieged me and surrounded me with bitterness and hardship. He has made me dwell in darkness like those long dead. He has walled me in so I cannot escape. He has weighed me down with chains. And even when I call out or cry for help, he shuts out my prayer. He has barred my way with blocks of stone. He has made my paths crooked. See, when I stumbled upon those words, I found my voice. Now, of course, I knew that God did not make me depressed. God did not inflict me with pain, but that's how it felt to me. And sometimes it's okay to say, this is how it feels. 
All I knew when I read that the first time was that to, to lament is profoundly biblical. And don't let anyone ever tell you it's not. Because sometimes lament is the only sane response to a world gone awry. Lament felt like the only sane response to what was happening in my own life. And we need to understand that this is true for other people as well, especially people who are not like us. When groups of humans in our country or across the globe lament because of what they are experiencing, we owe it to them to try to understand what it is that's causing their pain, what it is that's at the core of their grief, not to just diminish or dismiss their pain because we don't understand it or we don't experience it. I don't know what it's like right now to be Muslim in New Zealand. Do you? I don't know what it's like to be a person of color in this country. When people who are different from us and have different experiences than we have lament in ways that maybe we don't understand, we owe it to them to not diminish their pain, but to try to understand what is at the core of their grief. To lament is biblical. The second thing Lamentations taught me is that to lament is to connect with God. To lament, to doubt, to question, to sometimes yell at God, to be angry, even to blame God sometimes for what you're experiencing, is to have a deep and real, honest, authentic relationship with God. Right after 9-11 happened in this country, we used to drive along Highway 20 to Dubuque and on into Chicago. And, and right, I don't know if any of you saw this, but right after 9-11 happened, there was, a big, there was a big boulder on Highway 20. It's on the right-hand side when you're driving to Dubuque. And somebody stuck an American flag on it, and they simply wrote on that boulder, we ain't scared. Now, we were scared. I mean, let's just be honest. I, I mean, they wrote that. And there was something that struck a funny bone in our family about that statement. And so we still say to this day, we ain't scared about all kinds of stuff. Why am I telling that story? Let me tell you this. God ain't scared of your real emotions. God ain't scared of your anger, your questions, your frustrations, your fear, your doubt, your blame. So when you have real honest emotions about what's going on in your life, go ahead and rip. It's a very Jewish thing to be super honest with God about how mad you are at God. It's all over the Old Testament. This is how people interacted with God all through the Old Testament. People like Moses and David are arguing with God. They're bargaining with God. They're questioning God. They're demanding things from God. And yes, there is a real deep respect and deep reverence, but there's also chutzpah from the Israelites, the people of God. Chutzpah is a Jewish word for audacity. We Western 21st century Christians somehow have been led to believe that our emotions are always suspect and that our thoughts 
are always godly. What a joke. We think God can't take it? We think that God only likes us when we sit in rows, shut our mouths, put the right answers in the blank, and stuff, stuff, stuff our real emotions till they squeak out sideways in all kinds of dysfunction. God wants us to honestly lament to him. He wants us to bring all of our emotions, thoughts, feelings, every last one of them to him. Let's continue and see how the writer of Lamentations does this. Lamentations 3, chapter, uh, verse, verse 10. He's continuing with his lament. He says, like a bear lying in wait, like a lion in hiding. He, he's talking about God. He dragged me from the path and mangled me. He left me without hope. He drew his bow and made me the target for his arrows. Holy smokes. He pierced my heart with arrows from his quiver. I became the laughing stock of all my people. They mock me in song all day long. He has filled me with bitter herbs and given me gall to drink. He has broken my teeth with gravel. He has trampled me in the dust. I have been deprived of peace. I have forgotten what prosperity is. So I say my splendor is gone and all that I had hoped from the Lord. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. To lament is to be very, very real with God, just like the writer of Lamentations in this third chapter. I so wish our church community would have understood this when I was in such a dark place. I used to have to drive across Los Angeles. So we lived in Los Angeles. I used to have to leave my two kids with someone or with Chuck and drive across Los Angeles to see a physical therapist we couldn't afford who tried to help me fix my neck and back pain that was never going to get better until I was uh, healed from my depression. And I would scream at God in my car while I drove across town. Now, this is Los Angeles, so no one paid any attention to me, okay? I would just, I had no real words to say to God except, help me. Help me. And I used to feel so guilty about it. But here's what I know now. That raw screaming was not a sign that I lacked faith. It was actually a sign that I believed in a God so big that he ain't scared of my wildest, darkest feelings. And I could trust him with those. God ain't scared of whatever it is you're feeling. So don't let anyone tell you any differently. The last thing, and I think the most important thing that Lamentations taught me, is that to lament is to find your faith. To lament is to find your faith. You see, I stumbled across Lamentations, and I fell in love with chapter 3 because the first 20 verses gave voice to my agony. But it was 
Lamentations 3.21 and what followed from it that changed my understanding of what my faith is actually in. Let me explain what I mean. I remember the very first time reading through this chapter. I, I mean, I really literally had just stumbled across it. And I was reading through the verses that I had just read to you. And, and tears were just falling from my eyes onto one of my two babies sleeping in my arms. I can't remember which one because I finally knew that, that nothing was really wrong with me. I was simply human and going through a hard time. And then I read these next verses and it literally took my breath away. I read this. Yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. This ancient book took me all the way down, down, down into the depth of my pain. And what I found at the very bottom was this. The Lord's love is great. God's compassions will never fail. They are new for you every morning. God's faithfulness is great. Lamentations chapter 3 taught me that faith is all about God and who God is. And this was such a great relief to me because at this point in my life, my faith was kind of in my own faith and how strong I thought my own faith was. Does that make sense? In this weird, twisted way, I discovered that what I was really trusting in was my own ability to have a strong faith. But what happens then when you get to the end of your faith? What happens when you discover that your faith is not big enough for the immensities of life? Your faith is not big enough for the things that hit you out of the blue. What do you do then? Lamentations taught me that my faith is not in the depth or strength of my own faith or in my own power to overcome life's difficulties or even in my own ability to hang on to God when I have no strength. My faith is in God and who God is and what God is like and how much God loves and how much God wants to offer me mercy and how great is the faithfulness of God. My faith is now in the depth of God's love toward me when I know that I have nothing to offer him but my own human weakness. The book of Lamentations reminds us that no matter, it should remind you this morning, that no matter what you are feeling or experiencing or thinking or questioning or doubting, God's love for you is great. God's compassions will not fail. Every morning they're new and available to you. And God's faithfulness is great. And that someday, in some way, 
God is going to heal. I don't know how and I don't know when, but our job is to wait for God and to trust in God and to hope in God. And I just want to say one more thing. See, I never was suicidal in the textbook definition of that word. But I do remember days when I felt so hopeless and I felt so exhausted from just trying to stay upright and raise two little girls. And I remember standing over their crib during nap time, and I would make a vow with God that I was not going to leave my daughters. And I would stand over them, and these are the words that I would sing to them. I would sing, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning, new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, O God. Great is thy faithfulness. These words saved my life. See, to lament is profoundly biblical, and it is a sign of deep faith. So it is okay to grieve and be mad and be confused and to scream, help me, in your car on the highway. Whatever causes you to feel the need to lament, one more mass shooting or your broken heart or whatever it is, bring it all to God because he ain't scared. And I want to invite uh, Katie and and Sarah out now (laughs) to actually sing. (laughs) to actually sing a a gift of a song for us this morning. A song of hope and a song of God's fierce love and protection for us when life gets hard. It's all you've got to just be strong And it's a fight just to keep it together Together I know you think that you are too far gone But hope is never lost Hope is never lost Hold on, don't let go Hey, hold on, don't let go Just take one step closer Put one foot in front of the other You'll get through this Just follow the light in the darkness You're gonna be okay I know your heart is heavy from those nights 
just remember that you are a fighter, a fighter. You never know just what tomorrow holds. And you're stronger than you know. You're stronger than you know. Hold on, don't let go. for the book of Lamentations and how it reminds us that while we're in this world it's going to feel like everything falls apart but that you want us to come to you with everything that to lament to you is biblical that to lament to you and to bring our honest emotions to you no matter what they look like is to connect with you And that in the end, God, no matter how far down we go, what we find at the bottom is not our own faith, but we find you and your love and your mercy and your faithfulness. Have mercy on us, God. And remind us now as we continue to sing that your faithfulness is great. Amen. 